so Manzana. I'm just gonna start. Okay, sure. Um, are we on? We're on. We're we're all, we're always on. This is, don't be nervous. This isn't a job interview. You got the job. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Oh, thank God. Um, so, um, you know what? Before I start this episode of I Know the Owner is dedicated to Allegra Riggio. I love the Harrises. <laughs> And I called her out of the blue and told her I was in Miami, and she got me involved in this. And <laughs> we'll find out if I regret it. <laughs> so welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington. I am your host and the owner, and I'm here with my guests, Shelly. Say your name. Shelly Novak, and this is the sound of my voice. Yes, and? Conrad Gomez. And? Navin Chitani. And we are at the Drunken Dragon in Miami Beach, and um, I didn't expect an entourage or a... Yeah, a well, posse? I'm such an introvert that I felt <laughs> I needed my friends to help me. And to be honest with you, I'm glad that Conrad's here because it, it, throughout my career, it's been since 1992, uh-huh. it, it, we've always worked together. I've, he's always been there for me. There's been times when, when I was like, he kept the lights on. So, And also, I figured if we did it at his restaurant that I would get a free uh, dumpling platter. So, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> awesome. But here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Drunken dragons. <laughs> So, um, Shelly, tell me about your, your career. Well, it, it's funny because um, I came to Miami in 92. Okay. And The, um, the year you were born? Yeah, the, yeah, the year okay. I was born. No, I was in my 20s and it was 92 and uh, came down here because friends of mine had moved down already. My best friend Desi, he was an uh, award-winning stylist, and my friend Ellen Pompeo, who, uh, who really never amounted to anything. And you came um, from, where would you come Everett, from? Everett, Massachusetts. Okay. And uh, I'm kidding, Ellen Pompeo of Grey's Anatomy. Um, I, I don't know who that is. I, right? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no but, uh, I, I actually, I'm sorry, I actually don't. You're uh, looking at me like I'm crazy. Well, well, if you, I don't watch a lot of TV either. But needless to say, <laughs> my, my friends that all, we all lived in the same area, all hung out, we knew each other, they had all moved to Florida. And I had... Uh, oh, Stuart I, just showed me a picture. Yes, I know I who that go, is. I had gone through a really bad breakup, <laughs> so I was like, what am I going to do? Remake myself in Boston? They said, come to Miami. I did, and that was the that was the rest of that. That was it. That was it. And um, So what was your first job in Miami? My first job in Miami? You want to laugh? Um, yeah, I want to okay. laugh. Okay. Um, <laughs> my first job in Miami was a place called the Muffin Man, and this was... Okay. Okay. Back in the day, before digital photography, uh-huh. models and actresses would look at uh, contact seats, sheets of slides, and then they would take these slides across the street to this this uh, photography place, and they would look at the slides with little eyepieces, uh-huh. and then they would pick out which picture out yes. of the slides worked, and blah, blah, blah. But across the street was this health food place mm-hmm. called the Muffin Man. And we saw we served like carrot juice and like healthy food, mm-hmm. and it had all these eclectic the games on the wall. And Versace would be in there. I thought he was just this old guy who wore black socks and sandals. I had no idea who he was. <laughs> and you know, Ellen's running around, gorgeous, young, skinny Ellen Pompeo, looking like Kate Moss at the time. Okay, she's modeling. She looked at the time exactly like Kate Moss, but a little healthier. And um, 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, my friend Desi doing his photography. Just everybody. All the, the Calvin Klein model from Times Square. I mean, a sea of beautiful people. And I'm grinding carrot juice and giving them uh -huh. their little muffins and whatnot. And it was just a lot of fun because they'd be like, I've got to go look at my slides. I've got to go look at my slides. My slides, slides, slides. And, okay. And so, and you were, you were the juice press. I was Guy. pressing juices. Pressing well, I walked juice. in. I, went, I, I came. So, did you meet these people at the Muffin Man, or you knew them well, and they I, would come I knew across Alan the street and Des to see you? Because they, you know, from from Everett, and okay. I, I was walking around one day looking for work. And after about twelve places, I thought I'd find work in an in instant. You know, mm -hmm. as a waiter, because in Miami, it's like if you know the difference between a fork and a spoon, you're in. Yeah. You know. But you um, didn't. Well, no, I walked around. I didn't get. I didn't get hired, and I came in exasperated. Uh -huh. And I sat down at the Muffin Man with Ellen and Des, and everyone's looking at their their, their contact sheets and whatnot. And and, li and literally, the owner Joan, rest her soul, Joan, um, Joan and Bill, I can't remember their last names now, but but she was like a Catherine Hepburn type, and he was this gruff like Peter Boyle type with a limp uh -huh. and they were these two aged hippies and and she came over to me and she said you know what's up what's wrong and I was like I've been looking for a job all day and I can't get one and she heard my accent she said uh -huh. you're from Boston too I said yeah and she goes come in at 7 a.m. tomorrow you got a job and she goes, "Do you so, not? Yeah, and I do, do you not press juice." I'm like, "How hot is it can, to press a juice?" And that was the. the and you rest. said, "How hot is it?" To yeah, press to juice. press a juice. <laughs> and then the rest is history. But it was it was so cool because that seemed to be the place where where just all the models and all the beautiful mm -hmm. people came because it was the one spot to get health food. So I was just served a beautiful cocktail. And so, can we do a COVID clink with the I, bottom of our the glass? The bottom of the glass? Yes. We're in Florida. No, though. you, you could lick the rim of my no, glass. No. Here you go, click. <laughs> you sure? The, and this is a voodoo something. All right. Voodoo lady, thank the you. Voodoo thank lady, you. a drunken I'm gonna dragon. Take a sip. I'm going to have my pure scotch. So, Hold on. How, <laughs> how long were you at the, the juice place? Well, what happened with that was all of a sudden the Shelly Novak thing kind of happened out of the uh -huh. blue. And, What's the um, Shelly Novak you know what? I'll thing? Tell this. I'm going to tell that story. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm just another like short little fat Danny DeVito guy surrounded by, <laughs> by surrounded by a sea of models at the time. 1992 Miami, a sea of beautiful people. Okay. And and one day, a box of uh my one box of belongings comes down from Boston, and, and in it is a seafoam sequin green dress with these Easter mm -hmm. uh, pastel green shoes and I wear them to this tea dance which where they blocked off the street and the, at the time the, the pop artist Kenny Scharf and mm -hmm. the DJ jo Jody McDonald and the, another DJ who isn't with us anymore who's actually You don't actually, have to talk that fast we have time Oh alright I'm, I'm just a fast talker <laughs> Well, I don't want to be time. here all night, Rebecca. <laughs> Whatever your name is, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but um, so so. Anyways, I, I put on the seafoam dress and I mm -hmm. and I dance on a speaker and just for fun. And I'm eating yeah. pizza. I'm in drag and I'm eating the pizza in the seafoam dress. And at the end of the night comes up our friend, our good friend, who's now not with uh -huh. us, but who really is was a major factor in our lives. Uh -huh. Mark Leventhal, the DJ Mark Leventhal. Okay. Comes up to me and says. You were hysterical. Would you come back? We'll give you $200. I go, what, to, to dance on a speaker and drag and eat pizza? So I'm like, press carrots all day for 80 bucks? Or? Or dance on a speaker for 20 minutes eating pizza dressed as a woman. Only 20 minutes? Well, however long you felt like it. It's and my did you have to eat pizza? Well, you could eat Doritos, <laughs> whatever you wanted to do. But you had to eat something. Well, you had to do something fun. I, my props <laughs> were always like a steak and cheese at the time. I don't know why people and you want... Would, you would 
um, dressed in drag before? No, this was that like was the second time. So, like the second time, like we did it to get into the place free. To be honest with you. Okay. And but then, you already had the dress. I, mean, I had the dress from one Halloween uh, a year before. Okay. Yeah. And everybody kept telling me at the time, you know, oh, you look like Shelly Winters. You look like Shelly Winters. Oh. And I did this show and they were like, listen, what's your name? I go, Shelly Winters. They go, yeah, you can't use that name. It's already used. I go, and I started thinking of famous surnames. Hepburn Taylor, Tracy, Kim Novak, Shelly Winters, Kim Novak, Shelly Novak. They were like, ladies and gentlemen, Shelly Novak. They <laughs> pushed me out on stage. But if it wasn't for Mark Leventhal coming up to me, and saying we'll, we'll pay you to do this I wouldn't have thought of it as a career and I wouldn't be 30 years later you know doing it and having lived the life I've traveled the world three times over so that's um, amazing you know, so you started so you started as um, a drag queen dancing on a speaker yes I, I danced on a speaker eating many, pizza yes and how many nights a week did you do that that was just uh, every Sunday at a tea dance and at, at that point I, I figured thank you I can do they're, they're just keep bringing us food the food is crazy <laughs> you know now you know why I did it here we yeah. could have did this at McDonald's you realize that I could have easily eat a fry of Stewart's the disabled plate. bathroom at McDonald's I, I can pry the lock we could have had all the privacy we needed oh man but all anyways right. this is me I, chewing I, in a microphone I thought that um yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that. Uh -huh. I thought, though, that at that point, because of the movies Tu Wong Fu and The Birdcage uh -huh. and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, I, I looked around and realized this is uh, uh, something that could be a career. So I made business cards because back then phones were on the wall. Yeah, you yeah. Know, they were, they, yeah. They, there, was, there was no digital phones or whatever. And I made business cards. So people would call me because it became in vogue instead of like seeing, having an ice sculpture pouring you know, tequila at your mm -hmm. party you'd have a drag queen lip syncing. So okay. they, would, they would call me and I would put together the three best performers that I could get. We would go do, you know, shows in, in famous people's, well, rich people's houses, mostly yeah. Miami. Just you'd, I didn't know who they were. They were just crazy rich. And there was one time I put together um, three of the best drag queens, uh, Daisy Dead Petals, uh, uh, someone who's now uh, become, uh, has transitioned and is, and is now Alana Starr, very huge huge international star now okay. and myself and we went to the party and it was a mansion unlike any mansion in Florida I had ever seen before it was so big and there was a, a NASCAR type racing car on a on a dais spinning in the foyer that's how big okay. this house was so we get there and we, we find out it's, it's Emerson Finapaldi uh, the Brazilian race cars uh, Brazilian race famous race car driver it's his son's 21st birthday and I'm like oh my god I better not screw up my song now yeah, you put them in the right spot, Thank honey. You. Put those dumplings we got dumplings. closer. How did you know? Oh. It's because I look like a human dumpling. <laughs> um, so we get there, and I'm like, wow, I better not screw up this song. And I, I, I've always hated the lip syncing of it. Okay. I, I do not like to lip sync. I've always liked cocktail conversation, telling jokes, mm -hmm. singing badly in my own voice. So I said, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I've got to go hide and like listen to my Walkman and, and listen to the words of uh -huh. this song. I was going to do the song Shout by Lulu. So I go into the, the kitchen to hide, and I get into the kitchen to hide, and, and there's this huge, big, white sheet cake. And I look at the cake, and I look up, and there's George Harrison. Wow. And I look at the cake, and I, I look at George. I finally know a person that, whose name you mentioned. <laughs> so, and, then I look at, and then I look up at George Harrison, and I look at the cake, and I think to myself, what am I going to do? I talk about the Beatles? He doesn't want to talk about the Beatles. Do I talk about his 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 charity was it Bangladesh was it Tibet do I talk about, do I talk about his solo career no he was just sued by the Shirelles for my sweet lord so I went I love cake and he went I love cake too 
although that's more John Lennon. But I, and he was like, cake is fab. And I was like, he yeah. Expanded yeah. On, and I was on like, I love cake. cake. And I said, I wonder what kind of cake it is underneath. It could be chocolate with white frosting. And he was like, it could be white. What's what? It could be. It could be. I was like, it could be wedding cake. He was like, it could, I love wedding. And then he went on to talk about the, the candied almonds. That in the little stork things that oh, like, and yeah. we talked about how our moms would always bring us home from weddings these like pieces of they, cake. They and, have a name, those candied almonds. Yeah. I don't remember. So what we it talked is. for twenty minutes about cake. That's and amazing. The, and the hostess came in and like grabbed me out of there. And she was like, "What did what were you talking about with George Harrison?" And I was like, "Cake." <laughs> I but, don't believe you. But that's how. Why won't that, you tell but me? That, that's the <laughs> that's how surreal the '90s in Miami Beach was. Yeah. You every time you would come out to a nightclub, there was someone new you would see. Yeah. You know, so it just it was just I, I just got used to the surrealness of it and being a short fat man in a dress with just <laughs> with, with just a good rap. It opened doors. You know, so here I was at Shelly Novak. They're opening the road for me like I'm a star too. So I never went out again as Tommy. That's so, amazing. You know, so. so. <laughs> cake, cake is fab. <laughs> so you just, for the next 20 years, went, got paid to go to parties. Well, I got, I, yeah, I guess I got paid to go to parties and or to set the parties up or to be part of the party or to be the entertainment. Or to be the entertainment. That's a, that's funny too. This is and this is uh, mm. Conrad. Conrad, jump in here. Yeah, I'm Conrad. Yeah. Con- this, is the, this, is, this is the sound of my voice. This is the sound of my voice, Conrad. I'm you gonna take a- this opportunity to eat a dumpling. Yeah, try a dumpling. She has some dumplings amazing. because um, now well, Shelly's. I oh. took Shelly. Uh, I did a party here. I started a party before I owned the ownership of restaurants and bars. I was a club promoter. Okay. I moved here in '93. From? Uh, Jersey. Okay. Jersey. I have friends always telling me, yo, you got to come to Miami, come to Miami. Never mm-hmm. came because I, I used to race bikes before this, of the cyclists. So bicycles. Bicycles. Okay. So, and then I had an injury and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go visit these guys in Miami. And when I moved here, there was no skyscrapers. It was just a really beach town. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not what it is today. It was what? Didn't flood. flood. <laughs> and there was probably two bar, about five bars and one nightclub when I moved here. And it was a really beachy town, and everything was laid back. And I, I came here, and I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of that cold weather up north. Mm-hmm. And I bartender in New York City in MK's. You guys remember MK's? MK's. Where was it? It was on 26th and 5th. Mm. Tell me the year. Year 87, 88, no, 89. I would not have been there. Okay. I would. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, I tell my age. My first, my first like foray into the club life was like basically. 9091 I would go to the limelight um but 80s I yeah. was still dropping <laughs> dropping out of high school So you were doing ketamine with Peter Gation? Um <laughs> be honest be honest um, We're in Miami If I was doing ketamine it was by accident <laughs> We're doing ketamine Cuz I here. thought it was something else <laughs> Like all of us. <laughs> isn't, isn't that always how it goes? Mm. So we, uh, so I came here and I, it was a beachy town and I was like, you know what? I came for two weeks and I'm this substan- I'm two weeks and here I am still 26 years later. Wow. And so you, you said that you ran a party? Yeah, oh, I was. Thank uh, you. Uh, there's so much going on here. Uh, I there's was. French uh, fries. I, like I said, I started working as a bartender <laughs> at an Ocean Drive in one okay. of the hotels and, and there was a. Uh, a promoter, Michael Capone, started doing a party and he was short of a bartender. Mm-hmm. And my roommate at the time was one of the big DJs on the beach, um, Luis Diaz. Remember Luis Diaz? Love Luis Diaz. He's still around. <laughs> He's still around. And uh, 
I came to, I was, he was my roommate and he was DJing at the club at the time, Velvet, and, and it was so sad, it was just, like he said, it was all a bunch of beautiful people, models, actors, and it was hard to get a job because it was so, not too many places. And finally I got a, an opening, some bartenders show up to work and I started bartending and that's how Did my, you know how to bartend? Yes, I bartended in New York City, oh, NK, right. and all wow. the places. I'm distracted by all the food, that's I can't, right. I can't follow what's going on. And, uh. <laughs> I started bartending, and that's when I, I got my door, my foot in the door, and I started meeting people and uh, mm -hmm. and just socializing. And I grew up, I mean, I went through all the ranch work in all the bars, and then I met Mark Leventhal. Mark Leventhal okay. said to me, hey, why don't we start doing a party together and uh, promote? And, and, and Mark Leventhal is a famous DJ. He, he was a local was. DJ. He passed away about, what, six, seven, eight years ago? Yeah. Right. The, the city truly lost one of its greats because he, it, not just Conrad and myself, but mm -hmm. so many people's lives were changed or made better by this guy. And it wasn't like he woke up every day saying, I'm going to go make people's lives better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How so, did he make people's lives better? Well, he gave, me, a, he gave okay. me an opportunity. He's like, I never promoted. And he said, hey, Conrad, mm -hmm. why don't you do a party with me? You seem to know people. You People come see you. Why don't we do a party together? So we started a party called Home Cooking on Tuesday okay and it was old school hip-hop with surfers models and then he's like why don't we do a, beat, a barbecue and we hire Shelly Novak uh -huh. to cook the grill and serve um, hamburgers and hot dogs oh, can I just interject yeah okay now let me tell you a little bit when they said okay <laughs> we're gonna have you in because it's kind of drag queen I was okay I was kind of like the Andy Warhol factory like Jackie Curtis like dying a dress uh, okay. I wasn't an ever out to be pretty Okay. you know what I mean because I never knew that that wasn't my thing I was never out to lip sync so they were like will you work a grill and I was like will I so I'm flipping burgers and that home cooking party what are you wearing to flip burgers <laughs> see but uh, <laughs> a Budweiser dress um, like any good uh, Miami girl and, and an apron you know like a, a butcher apron which okay. would inevitably get covered in grease but what I loved about that party was we had a sea and when I tell you a sea of models knowing that they could get free hot dogs and hamburgers because uh -huh. some of these male models um, were starving so every Tuesday, I would have 3,000 male models lining up, dying for Shelly Burgers. Because they don't eat? They don't eat. They waited all week to eat at home cooking. And the funniest <laughs> thing was that I would have a, a bun boy and a cheese boy. And the okay. boy, they used to fight on who would be the bun and cheese boy, which meant that which you Which was better, the bun boy or the cheese boy? You were equal. Which was the better I, I treated <laughs> better my job. bun boy as equal as my cheese boy. <laughs> but that was a big thing. They fought, I want to put the cheese on. So I want to put the cheese. So, but I finally settled on Miles and um, Marlon and Miles Munez, the, the most okay. attractive male model twins ever. Because I figured okay. if I'm going to have a bun and cheese boy, I might as well go yeah, with. Yeah. The best looking male models I can. I, can't I feel like I don't I, have a bun and cheese boy. I feel like I discovered them <laughs> and I, they owe their careers to me, but that's another story. But it was so funny to watch a sea of male models fight, fight so to put the cheese on the buns. Party. Yep, outdoor party. Yeah, we had a, it was an indoor outdoor venue. We had like a, a rock and roll room, a hip hop room. Okay. And, some, there. and then we had a band. Oh there. wow. We had a jazz, Afro jazz, <laughs> Cuban band. So it was electric of all people, and back then hip hop was frowned on on the beach, and we were uh -huh. the first ones to bring hip hop and old school. But it was such a happy. So and it was such a happy. Vibe. It was a mix of people. So I have a question. Sure. Explain to me what a promoter does. Okay. <laughs> I'll let Nama Chitani answer that. <laughs> no, no, you should talk a little now. Boys, don't fight. You can both be the bun and cheese boys. <laughs> <laughs> so. You can both put the cheese on the buns, boys. 
<laughs> See, nobody a, ever wants to tell me what, it is, what, oh, a, what promoter is a promoter does. A promoter is a guy that they a club hires you. Turn your mic a little a little more towards your mouth. Oh, there you go. The promoter is the, uh, the club hires a, you. A club hires you. You go work at a club and you and you bring them uh, the people. And how do you get the people? You walk around. Back then, we would give out flyers. We, like you walk around walk the beach? Around the, walk around Whoa. the beach. Invite, <laughs> invite people to the party. You, we used to, before, before emails and, uh, mm-hmm. and cell phones, we would send faxes. And then, and then you have all, a list? Yeah, we fax all the, ho- all, all the moderate agencies, hotels, get all the guests, and we have a guest list. And that's okay. how we started. And, then, and we got paid a percentage of, of the bar, or we, we got the door, split the door with the, with the club. So you would in. contact like model, model agencies and stuff, so everybody knew that your parties would have like famous people and yeah, good-looking exactly. people. I would go to model and agencies and, and meet the bookers. Castings? castings bring, in, bring in a fruit basket, lunch for them at the bookers, so okay. they send the girls to us. And that's okay. How, that was our job. That's pretty much our job. Just to be- I, I never. I've known a lot of party promoters, yeah. but I never actually knew what that is. We bring the fil- I, we bring the crowd. We bring the VIPs <laughs> and the fillers. We make the club. And then eventually, the regular people hear about your party and yeah, they exactly. want to go and they pay to go and you, well, you yeah. When I did uh, what they call the traffic. Uh, promotion at uh, Crowbar. I was there like uh-huh. seven years at Crowbar when Crowbar Miami was happening. Mm-hmm. And we used to do this thing. Uh, I was in the traffic department and we would do this thing where we would print up invites that would say, Crowbar invites uh, the friends and staff of The Gap on Lincoln Road and they would get in free before midnight with two drinks. So I would fill the room with uh, filler people before midnight so that the real people okay. that were actually spending money for uh, the $400 bottle of uh, vodka mm-hmm. and the people that were actually spending money would walk into a full room. You would fill it with the staff of The Gap. I would literally throw a party for H&M, uh, the, okay. the, the, the Colony Hotel. If you had okay. a staff, and that way if I had 100 invites, right? Yeah. Which that would get 200 people and I would give those 100 invites to say like the concierge of uh, the, the Ritz-Carlton. They would okay. give it to all their staff and any of the guests that wanted to come. They would get in free, get two drinks, and the room would be full, and I'd get $2 a head. And then on Friday, they'd count and be like, so Tommy, your number is 1400 And they'd be like, could you talk to the rest of the staff and explain how your numbers are so high? And I, and me, because of my OCD, as you saw when I uh-huh. walked in with my list. Yeah, with your notes. Um, <laughs> I even asked my, my second ex-husband. Uh, everything was like planned and mapped out and mm-hmm. I had all these young good looking boys that would put the invites together and for me and everything I, I had like a little assembly line uh-huh. instead of cheese and buns they would put in the in- <laughs> they were doing the invites so, my mother always said it was good business so, to surround yourself with ugly women and good looking men so, so people would call you all day and all night and ask you to yeah. to be on the list yeah. right yeah. Yep. and this was back before cell phones so and, did yeah. you have a pager did they leave you a message I would walk the beach covered in uh, sunscreen. Uh, uh-huh. I wish I used a little more or a higher, <laughs> a higher SPF now. But I used to literally go up and see, like, a, if I saw 30 girls on the towels, I'd give them all the invites. Okay. But that was back before cell phones. And, you know, it was, it was, it was more intimate, really. So, so I'm local, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, 1997. I'm local. So I want to go. And so I call you. And I'm like... Hey, I would say Tommy, right? Hey, Tommy, put me on the list. Then he will call and, me. And but, how would I get you? You would have the, the little Tommy Strangey crowbar. This in, you, this gets you and a friend in. Uh huh. With my number, and then you would call my landline. Uh huh. The cheese and bun boys. I hate to keep. Wait, them. the cheese and bun boys would answer They're your always, phone. They live with I, they cheese would, and bun guy live with you. Wait, did well, they I, live I, with I, you? I married one of the cheese and bun guys. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I upgraded him to flyer sticker. 
the guy who stuck, <laughs> who stuck the time and the date on the flyer. <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> well, listen, he wanted a roof over his head, then put the flyers together. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would he would bring them to the venues that we were promoting. Okay. You know, we were the actual guy that put the, part, the the theme together, the party together, the name and and the music behind it. Okay. But as a local, if you were, we love our locals, and and that's why I mean people don't realize Miami Beach is like a 17 block. We're just, we're a small little island. We're still a small little community. Oh, and I'm our getting locals back. I'm there, getting maybe not utensils. so much now. Our locals, <laughs> we love our locals. We we know we all know each other, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, some of you know, not, we know who to embrace and who to run from. But we know okay. our locals. Okay. Yeah, but that 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 was the '90s. Now everything's changed on to. So like I said, we were promoters, and I became a doorman. Uh-huh. I worked one of the biggest clubs in the beach, Liquid, and I did the door Liquid. in New York, L.A. and uh, I and. and and uh, and our name, or you know, and then Navid and myself, we got we got known nationally. And then the next step was ownership, and then here we are, we opened mm-hmm. a couple bars and the so, restaurant. So, so how did you open your first? Was it a bar, or restaurant? It's a bar called Foxhole. It's right next door. It's right Foxhole. Foxhole. It's right past another side of that wall right there. And we were we're a lot older. We're getting older, and we're mm-hmm. like we're too old to be promoters. And let's go. Yeah. That's the next level. We're helping other people. Other people make money. So why so don't we make? So what the year did you open? 2011. 2011. Yes. Is it a spot for locals? It's a local bar. It's uh-huh. a local bar. It was a it was a big nightclub in in in, in, in Flushing here. There were uh-huh. other big nightclubs in uh, in so we had uh, we opened a small bar with with a. Uh, no signage. It was just a red light alley entrance. You mean Foxhole? Foxhole. Well, there, was, there used to be a nice. There used to be a very, very, uh, very, very uh, different bar at one yeah. point. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> wait, what are you? In, wait, what are you insinuating? It, it, well, it was it, called it, the loading zone before originally, us. Originally, it was, it was a, a leather S and M bondage bar with no windows. So before you, know, you had it? Yeah, before we okay. had it. Yep. But we we went and we burnt some sage. I did a little dance. <laughs> oh, thank you. So yeah, it was a bar. We. Our, uh, we branded it laid back a local because that's the name of home cooking that we're a local local bar we're mm-hmm. open we're open five to five seven days a week for ten years yeah, it's a staple but you've got staple. so much going on now you yeah now I, we opened well. a place in Wynwood Racket another bar we opened okay. a, a, a tiki themed bar in Little Havana called Casa Tiki and then we have this restaurant Drunken Dragon we've been seven years here wow and the food is really good thank you thank and you and this cocktail is and really good we'll get you another cocktail and, and, mm-hmm. and might I say let that, me introduce and, my partner Navin yeah that's amazing yeah, in the restaurant business that's an eternity <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't hear that. Yes. I didn't even hear what you said. <laughs> this is the sound of my voice. Navin Chitani. So I partnered up with Conrad what in the late nineties. Uh huh. And like he said, everyone had their different forte, and my forte was to bring the little, the little model girls at the time. The model girls. Yeah. And you also used to be a promoter, or you yeah, just? Yeah, I started off as a promoter. So how do you know all these models? Because I would, I dated a couple of them, and then I would, <laughs> and I would get get to meet the whole apartment, so you, the models so apartment. So you dated one at first, yeah, and then and then I met the whole models apartment, and then, and then you met all of them. And out, and then, we all had, we all went to that. Yeah. Thing. That's how we got to the dating with the models. And there was a building called the Decoplage, okay. where all the models used to stay, and I, I would just right. go. I tried to date on the <laughs> but it was a different now beach was, back then, you know what I mean? Was that just to save money on meals? or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> so back then it was all different. It was more, quali- more quality. 
now more, it's more, more quality, more quality. Now of the models. Just in general, people, <laughs> people, people in general. And now there's a million clubs and a million all, parties. It's, it's like a Mickey Mouse club. industry's gone pretty much. Yeah. yeah they stopped coming here, so it's more like black card and like expensive bags. I feel like when they shot for Saatchi, I think that was 9-11. Back then, oh. Miami Beach was all, all uh, flip-flops and, uh, and white beaters. That's how women went out, all the girls went out. Nowadays, it's $10,000 bags. Five thousand dollars shoes, the whole yeah. game changed. So it's not there's not quality anymore. It's just now it's quantity. So it's not I the feel same. like the same thing happened in New York. It used to be like, you know, you'd get you'd put on an interesting outfit, yeah. and then they'd let you in because you looked interesting. Not not because your bag was expensive, just because you looked interesting. Yeah. And then you'd get in and you'd be hanging out, and now it's like five hundred dollars, and you get to sit in the VIP room, and yeah. Give him the mic. Give him the mic. The modeling industry, I mean, not that I'm an expert or anything, but yeah. we, we priced ourselves out of it. They're all, if they want to put a girl under a palm tree, they go to Tulum. Oh, and I feel, honestly, when they shot... when when Yeah, and I, I feel, or, or, the, or Turks and Caicos, they just, you know, wherever. But I feel, I, maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of people might agree, maybe not agree, but I feel like it, it was like 9-11 when they shot Versace. I think a lot of celebrities, a lot of movie stars... Mm -hmm. They didn't feel that safe after that. Ah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I think things changed. Everything went in waves, and uh, you know, I just I don't see the I don't see the good-looking people anymore. Really, I, <laughs> maybe I maybe, work and I work at I work at maybe the, the good-looking people are somewhere else and they didn't try not to die of COVID us. somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess we'll I guess we should talk about COVID um, because Miami is very different than New York. But everything it's crazy because it, 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 and you might think. From what you hear in the media, that we're ready to take you on and let's embrace you, and everything's open up. When COVID hit a year ago, it was like uh -huh. we were hit by a hurricane, and nothing was ever rebuilt, and none of the shutters came down. Ninety percent uh -huh. of Miami Beach is closed, yet the world is told, "Oh, we're open. Come on down. Don't wear your mask. Hug your grandmother afterwards. Well, whatever." Well, yeah, that's. But everything is closed, so there's nowhere for anyone to really go. So what? What is closed? The the beaches are closed. No, no, not the beaches, the, but the mo most restaurants, restaurants never never survived the pandemic. Are they never reopened. They shut down. They shut down because of the pandemic. Never reopened. They were on the verge okay. of closing anyways. So, um, so how did how did you manage to to survive, Conrad? Take a bite. Conrad, <laughs> no, Conrad, chew. I I know I survived because I'm independently wealthy. <laughs> and all of that cheese and buns that money is in a safety deposit box in an undisclosed bank. Because if any of those cheese and bun boys know where the cheese and bun money is, I'll be in trouble here, Conrad. Man, we were, we were lucky and fortunate and very grateful we were able to survive. We, were, you know, we, we had that, uh, we saved a little money for a rainy day and it was mm -hmm. able to hold it up for a couple months and then we, there was a lot of help from the government with the funds and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and the, and the and loans. And were your doors closed? Our doors were closed for, for about long? two or three months okay. and then we opened up again at well, just takeout, uh -huh. takeout and pickup and then we went to 20%, mm -hmm. 50% and then we're up. And no. now there's, it seems like there's no restrictions other than your staff has to wear masks. Well, the customer has to wear and a mask walking in, and then when they walk, once they sit at the table, they can take it off. They have to get up and go to the restroom, they put it back on. And do the tables have to be spaced a certain amount? They were, yeah, we they have, do. And, Look, and they are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I, but okay. like, they, like oh. Shelly was saying, you know, the whole world, the whole country thinks that, uh, Miami's 100, it's open, so everybody's flexing over here. Everybody's moving here. New York, LA's here mm -hmm. is being strong, stronger than ever it's been. I mean, I feel like 
when you see it when you see it on TV, it seems crazier than it really is. Because I know we were in New York uh. for for the crux of it, and and if you look on the news, it's like New York is crazy. And it, I mean, it was crazy. There were refrigerator trucks like all up and down the yeah. street, so it was crazy. But um, once we like got to leave the house and, and reopen a little bit, people were wearing their masks and people were being safe. Um, I guess when you're in it, it doesn't seem as crazy as when you see it from the outside. Yeah. Um, but our restrictions are still pretty, pretty, pretty tough. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah. I, I was in the house for an entire year. And when you do drag uh, as, uh, or, yeah. and, as for a living, and I was hosting karaoke at the time, which was like, I mean, uh, packed. And to go from uh, zero, uh, from 60 to zero, you know, was difficult. But like Conrad said, you know, and, and I joked, I did have money saved, thank God. Um, um, but now I'm at the oldest gay bar on Miami Beach, Twist. Uh-huh. It's been there 28 years. And they asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, listen, it's not, it's, it's, I would love to be glamorous, but guess uh-huh. what? What I want to do is I want to make sure that everybody entering has a, a mask. I want to make sure that every mm-hmm. one of the guys entering has their, te- we take their temperature. And okay. then I want to make sure before they touch the doorknob that I do their hands uh-huh. with the sanitizer and then I open the door for them. Because wow. that all falls into my OCD and my list, okay. my listomania, okay. you know. Okay. But if 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 they're gonna have this bar, I want this bar. I don't want I don't want it to close its doors after yeah, 28 yeah. years. And if I want if I if for, is it stay open, I want to make sure that the people are in some little way protected. And are you hosting karaoke at Twist? I no. I'm no. at Kill Your Idol. Well, okay. We've been doing it seven years at Kill Your Idol, and th- at that place. We're, we're taking temperatures as they come in. The staff's wearing uh-huh. masks. Um, and believe it or not, ironically, I have microphone covers that are disposable. I'm going That tomorrow. are ironically imported from China. Of course. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, because karaoke seems like activity zero. Um. Yo, I'll tell you, a year ago, a year ago <laughs> in last March, um, I said to myself, I was like passing around the mic and everything, and I said to yeah. my coworker, I said, why aren't we sick when we're, you know, sharing the mic with people from Belgium, Denmark, uh-huh. and you know, everywhere, you know, around the world? Well, I think we just, I think, knock on wood, that we just got lucky. Yeah. I think I may have had it because a year ago I had uh, such chest pains that I thought I was having a heart attack and I couldn't mm-hmm. get out of bed for two weeks. So maybe, maybe who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. Uh-huh. But <laughs> but but at this, but a year later, I mean, I, I can't stay in the house anymore. And I don't want to see these nightclubs close. At play, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Kill Your Rattle's been there over 21 years. Yeah. So I, um, I was I a just, person that boom. always would get a little shot of vodka and wipe down my microphone before I sang oh, karaoke. Oh, my God. Because I'm, you should I'm see OCD me with the, that way. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> the Clorox ble- bleach wipes, I should I should uh, buy stock. I've never wiped down more microphones in my life. But and we have, we have karaoke at my bar minis, and we, we can't do we can't do it we can't bring it back we're not we're not allowed um we can't eventually Eventually. yes kill your idol is straight it's like i call it a roadhouse every walk of life comes in there and it's just the best that's what i love about that place twist is gay but because it's the only dance club on miami beach open Uh it's half straight now we let we let in everybody as long as you have an id a mask okay you're not running a temperature and your heart's full of love we let you in we don't care if you're banging a, a sheep Although, oh, you know, okay. you know, as long as the sheep consents. Oh, yeah. Well, there is a, there is an app for that now. Sheep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, yeah. If the sheep, sheep is consent. vaccinated <laughs> and the sheep gives consent. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, people think Miami's, oh, come down. You know, there's only two places open for, to dance. Yeah. So enjoy yourselves. <laughs> um, 
curfew has been lifted too. We were open to yes. midnight for about two a week ago. And we're probably okay. looking now. Everything's back to open. The the mainland's three a.m. and the main and the beach is five a.m. Oh wow! And then there's some they, places that are twenty four hours too. Oh nice. Twins they is just still five. They just gave us. We were eleven. Now you're midnight. And now. then they announced that they're not going to do anything until May sixth. So my husband and I planned a trip mm. to come out here. We were like, okay, they're not going to make any changes till May sixth. And then they announced three days before our trip that the curfew is moving from 11 to midnight. midnight. Um, so we were like, all right, well, we already planned the trip. Everyone just just work another hour. Okay, thanks. So, so it's, uh, it's like, let me do, let me do this, this schedule for this week a third time. Yeah. Thank you. So, and How's it going with you guys at the curb to 11 o'clock? Um, how's the bar doing? So not Well, basically, I used to have three bars, and now I have two internet cafes and a hot dog stand. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's basically my, my one bar hinterlands, I basically turned into a cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, they made the food rule. Okay. Um, so we were just a bar that like, had a little bit of food so people don't get too drunk. And they made the rule that nobody can order a drink unless they have already ordered food and have food. And it has to be substantial food. And then there was a whole argument about what constitutes food. Could it be just and a, what's, a hot dog yeah. didn't work. Yeah, and it can't be chips. And it, it, I think it can be a hot dog, but it can't be chips. And then our governor, who is also the governor of Buffalo, declared that buffalo wings don't count. I'm like, what are you, stupid? Buffalo is part of us. Yeah. you got to be able to eat buffalo wings. So, for sure, at a bar. So we basically became a restaurant, oh. and now we're like open for lunch. And you and have a full do, kitchen? Sorry to interrupt. Um, not a, we don't have a full kitchen. We make sandwiches. And also, I was told to ask you about your love for sandwiches, Shelly. Sure. <laughs> um, but now we got a slicer, and I get I get meat, and my husband is you know gets there in the morning and is slicing all the meat, mm-hmm. and I'm making the sandwiches because we have one bartender working, and we can't have them like preparing food, mm-hmm. so we come come in the owners. And we spend three hours making sandwiches so the bartenders can just heat it up and serve it. Because we don't sell enough food to hire a kitchen person, but we sell too much to make the bartender do it. Makes sense. The bartender is like... First, I had to muddle limes and mint. I know. I had to make, first, I had to make mojitos. Now I've got to learn to make a, a bruschetta. I want to kill myself. So... So I was supposed to ask you about your... Allegra told me I had to ask you about your love for sandwiches. Is that something Well, that, that's uh, something that was kind of a joke. Um, I, did a, <laughs> I, did a, I did a video one day uh, where I, I never wear a shirt ever. Like, if you know me in Miami and you see me with a shirt, mm-hmm. it's... You, my friend my, my, my uh, friend always asks, he's like, uh, are you going to a funeral or court? <laughs> because I, don't, I've never worn, I haven't worn a shirt in, third, shirt in 30 years. So in Miami, to court, you only just have to wear a shirt? Yeah, you can wear a half, <laughs> you can wear a half shirt or something fringe, but you have to wear a shirt. <laughs> do you wear pants? Um, yeah, 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 I do wear pants. Um, but uh, I did a, a just jokingly a video where I used the ingredients that were in my fridge, and uh-huh. it, it happened. It so just so happened it was like um, old bread, a Slim Jim, some hummus, some you know. And I just threw it all together and made this amazing sandwich, and then that became the thing: uh, sandwiches made from whatever was in my fridge. So, but, oh man, you but I wanna... am a big fan of sandwiches. I have to ask now: Is your sound guy? Is this the husband? This is the husband. Yes. Oh, He's thank not my God! Sound I guy. thought he was your cheese and bun boy. I mean, he is my cheese yeah, and bun boy. <laughs> I see what I. So you graduated to to production. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's my job, new job. Yeah. <laughs> good, good going, good going, stranger. <laughs> uh, um, what else? Is there anything that we forgot to talk about? I just want to talk about one thing, I guess, because he talks about what he owns. The only thing that I own that I can uh-huh. say that I own outright or I created, that's my baby. It's in its 28th year, okay. is the Shelley Novak Awards. Okay. And they are like a mock Academy Awards, and the production costs $30 because, and oh, I shouldn't say that probably because of the money I, I make off of it, but I go and I get uh, 20 uh, mm-hmm. dollar store Barbies. I strip them down and spray paint them gold. Okay. I, I nominate every drag queen in the city. And if I don't nominate you, I have you as a presenter. That way, everyone in the city on the nightlife every scene is... Dra- how many it, drag queens are in the city? Um, you can get about 30 people on that okay. roster. And then, uh, you know, who, who isn't uh, nominated, I'll have them present. It's because I try to, you know, have everybody in the community involved. I did it because, you know, there's the Oscars, the Tonys, the Emmys. I figured, mm-hmm. why not the Shelleys? Mm. And, as a, and, and, at the, yes. and at the time, 30 years ago, how else do you get your name in the paper? You know, or, okay. or, or on TV. You know, there was no internet. And, you know, just like anybody out there, um, young man, young man. <laughs> thank oh, you. I'm sound. sorry to bother you. The sound of an empty drink. Can I have another voodoo? Yeah. Thank you. She's got a drinking I problem. Would- um, I do. My drink is gone. But the thing with the... <laughs> That's a problem. Every, every, I think everybody, gay, straight, whoever you are, you, you, mm. any, any, everybody's, you know, with a hairbrush in front of the mirror gone, you know, done their fake Academy yes. Awards speech. But I did it because I wanted a lot of the drag queens, especially the young ones that work for, you know, $30 or no money at all or a handful of drink tickets. I wanted them to be able to have a chance to be able to talk and be able to thank the people that they wanted to thank uh-huh. and um, kind of like the way that I'm going to wrap up and let Conrad finish because I have to go work the door of Twist okay. Miami Beach's oldest gay bar so <laughs> no don't take my list All right. I don't take my finish, list no I no before I no I do want to say that to, to thank God for Twist guys for keeping the light on for mm-hmm. having me for uh, for giving me the job for 28 years that I've had back and up back, back and forth um, and uh, Kill Your Idol and the people at Lost Weekend, Carlos, the bartender, and Jonathan Hill. Thank you guys, man. I couldn't do it without you. And um, Panther, Chords, I'm doing the black market. This, and we do it once a month. Uh, this uh, the month on April 24th, it's at the Anderson. And I can't wait. There's no pool for me to jump in. And uh, <laughs> I'm a little upset about that because I usually like to work with some kind of a dunk tank. But uh, that didn't happen. I want to thank Conrad and Navin. Am I did I say it right? <laughs> this Yay! is like Academy Awards. But I do. No, I do. And I and, and before I want to thank you guys for coming down and having me. And I want to thank you and for be- setting this all up. And before I run and leave you with Conrad, who's going to tell a lot of good stories, okay. I just I just want to uh, thank Mark Leventhal because without him, I would not have a career. Conrad, take it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna- Shelly Novak, and I am out. I'm bye, gonna, bye, Shelly. Follow that show. <laughs> <laughs> How you gonna follow that? Yeah. That's your problem. <laughs> you can do it, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> He's running out of the check. He's running out of the check. Hey, give me credit card. Oh my credit. Hold no. on. I'll, hold on. Let me do my carry gun. I've got to go make an important phone call. <laughs> good one. Thank That's you. not a good carry. Thank you. So how it was great to meet you. And then I guess the show. Oh yeah, we please get a picture of the of of us or something. Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. do a selfie. We were gonna do this after, but um or and I have or this whole yeah. story too. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. How's your meal? Um, my meal is great. Um, we're 
Are we still? We're still rolling. We're still rolling. <laughs> okay, let's get. All right. Let's get down. Let's get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. We got. We got COVID. We got making it through COVID. Making now. it through COVID. Almost, almost at the finish line. And you guys have a have a nice business. What does it say? Wednesday, a nice business for a Wednesday night. Yeah. And um, whew, this is unconventional. Oh, we got a phone ringing. So I'm off. I'm off my game, you guys. So I mean, we were all throwing off our game a little with Shelly. Yeah. <laughs> throws off. How do you follow that yeah. routine? I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh. He was giving. He was giving now an anxiety. I was giving mad anxiety. So you guys are business partners. Yes. In all the places that you own, you own them all together. Yes. And I have a couple of additional ones, but I'm partners with another guy. Okay. I have the a nightclub at the W Hotel, W South Beach. Oh, nice. And I do all the food and beverage there. The three meal a day restaurant, the pool bar, the beach bar, the lobby bar. That's a lot. Yeah. But that's why I got these guys. They're good partners. <laughs> so how do you find staff? To have that many people and and I not mean, be that's a not big issue there. in Miami of staffing right now. Don't you agree? Yeah, we're all short staff. Everybody, Everyone. everywhere, yeah. quality, the service. Miami's not a, not known for service in, from the get go, from the beginning, uh-huh. and now it's even worse. Yeah, I really thought that, like at the end of COVID, it was going to be like a feeding frenzy for o- for owners because everybody's going to be looking for a job. And I feel like people just quit the business. Yeah, yeah people uh, got in line and said they, they moved on from hospitality and other yeah. ones. Yeah. And other ones are home collecting a, a their unemployment check. Right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. why would I'm gonna go serve tables when I could make more money at home? Yeah. Especially now that the hours were now that the curfews lifted, it's different. But before that, the hours were limited, and they were like, I would rather stay home and get my yeah, own you know, than go to work. So now that we're open full, you know, to 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. Now more likely we'll get more staff now. And do you stay at work until 5 a.m.? Some nights, not every night, yeah. but there's nights that we stay to the latter part. And I, I am no longer able to work till 4 a.m. I used to be. And uh, I'm there. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm already yeah, there. I'm there. You know, like like they say with any good business, if you want it done right, you know, you gotta do it yourself. Well, that yeah. kind of ties into the, the nightclubs and bars because if you're not there, the staff is they. Screw off and give free yeah, drink. Yeah. You got to be there. The promoters will leave early. Mm-hmm. They won't stay there and host the clients and whatever. So you got to stay there and you know you never know at any given hour who's going to walk in. And you got to be there when they come to host them. Yeah. Being the owner, you know? So we put in the hours. We're there you late. put in the hours. Yeah, yeah we've been doing it. Do you, have, do you have a social life? Do you have families and kids? I have and... a two year old son. Oh, I've been, wow. I've been with the same girl for 20, 20 odd years. 29 years. Is she a model? Yeah, she is. And I have a a beautiful lady at home, Megan, and Uh she has a beautiful daughter, Mia, so I'm a stepdad. Nice. I have a, yeah, so it's good. I get able to balance my lifestyle now. Before it was just when I was single, you know, be out all night partying, and Uh so now I have to don't party anymore and then just come home and that balanced family life and my business. I mean, yeah, when you're not chasing the girls and all that, and it, it makes it a lot easier. It frees easier up a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Stuart? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so then, like, we were talking, we started, our our group is called Home Cooking Hospitality Group. Okay. And uh, there's another partner, Angel's Febris, 
is three of us, and uh, he's out of town right now. But okay. But we all were promoters, and we started this together, and we're growing, like I said, to ownership, and now we're doing a couple bars, and we have a couple bars in the restaurant, and hopefully one day going to nightclub, the bigger nightclub than a hotel, maybe. Nice. So, the dream. Right? Um, so I think I'm gonna read a letter. Okay. Unless you have something else, you have anything no, else you want to talk about? Um, so, usually. I read a letter that somebody sends to me, um, and the whole point was to kind of mimic when somebody comes in and they sit at the bar, and you're like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, ah, oh, you won't believe the fucking day I had. Yeah. And then they tell me a story, and we talk about it. So since we can't do that, and even now we, people are not allowed to sit at the bar, we have to put like a table up. Yeah. Um, so I was like, hey, everybody, send me your letters about the fucking day you had, and we'll talk about it on the show. Well, I don't get a lot of those letters. So, <laughs> what I do, I've gotten a few. Sum it up. Um, is sometimes I read from... There I am. Sometimes I read from Reddit, Am I the Asshole? Are you okay. familiar with that? Yes. Um, and I try to find stuff that's relevant, uh -huh. and since Shelly was here, I was going to do one about karaoke, but... Um, Shelly left, but that's okay. Okay, we can whatever. Do it. It's it's everything. So I'm gonna read the letter, and then we're gonna decide if we think this person's an asshole or not, and then we're gonna talk some shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I'm gonna read it as if they wrote this letter to me, even though I just copied and pasted it. And I also did not bring my glasses, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> this is a very professional operation. Okay. Just like us. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Charlene, am I the asshole for not telling my friend she sucks at singing? I have a friend, 23 female, who sucks at singing. To give you perspective, she sounds like Yoko Ono live. It's horrible and absolutely sucks. I hate to be that mean, but I just want you to understand how bad she is. She believes that she sounds like Lady Gaga. So I've never told her she sucks at singing... <laughs> as I have never had the courage to deal with what would be the inevitable backlash when I do. Whenever she sings, I just agree with anything she says. Me and her decided to go out and do karaoke. Her choice, not mine. And she decided to sing Poker Face by Lady Gaga. She was laughed off the stage, oh, and we ended up going home early. She, she then accused me of lying to her, as I kind of admitted that I knew she sucked at singing, and I refused to tell her. Am I the asshole? So, is this person, I don't know why I'm assuming it's a man, an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to take this one? Uh, the friend or the singer? The person who wrote the letter, the friend. The friend. friend. I, I think she should should have told her she was sucked beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that episode. She, she, let her set, she, she let her set herself up for disaster. <laughs> it reminds me of that, uh, that episode yeah. with Larry David when uh, the piano player, is bl he's blind. Yes. And he's dating that, the female that's not attractive. <laughs> and Larry David tells him straight up, like, hey, your girl, you ever seen her? He's like, no. And he told her she was, she was pretty, oh, no. pretty busted. But that, but that blind guy was so happy. He was. <laughs> but no, I think... Uh, he was not the asshole. I would have. Yeah, he was an asshole for not telling her. Yeah. I mean, okay. I would yeah. Tell you, he sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm doing. Please <laughs> tell me. I don't do it. I have a completely different take on this. Don't of course. Do it, don't yeah. do it. So my take is, 
Number one, why are you going to places where you get laughed off the stage? Like, what kind of karaoke is this? Isn't it supposed to be for fun? Like, if everybody's good, then what's even the point? Right? That's yeah. the whole purpose is to laugh at yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. So so they went to a karaoke but, but spot. But on the flip side, of that, you, you do laugh at yourself, but you also want to know that if you're being obnoxious and you believe that, like... She believes she was Lady Gaga. That's Yo, pop true. that bubble, you're right. dude. You're Yo, right. sweetheart, you're you no Lady Gaga. If you actually think you sell, yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is true. That yes. is true. You got to pop the bubble. I got to agree. Right? I got to yeah. agree with yeah, that. You go to karaoke bars to have fun and laugh and sing. Yeah. But she was going to karaoke bars to be taken serious. Like she was yes. Going to Maybe that's why they laughed. Yeah, Maybe it exactly. wasn't even because exactly. she was bad at singing. She believed Maybe they herself. laughed because yeah. she was like, she thought that she was Lady Gaga. And she was Lady Nana. I just made that up. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I didn't even get to eat any of this delicious food. There's some left though. Oh, that, I did. I get. That's not true. I did get <laughs> no, to eat it's some. <laughs> you tried every little, every dish. You had a little piece of every dish. I did. I did. You did put you it on my plate. Yeah. Did you have I don't, a favorite? I don't, you don't I don't, remember I, what? You, I don't remember what I had. I, I want to say the dumplings. The dumplings are amazing. Those yes. are pork dumplings. Yes. And then you were very accommodating to your. Request. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm a, I should get a tattoo that says like no shellfish, no avocado. That's my next tattoo. Keep it, keep it mild. <laughs> Born to be mild. Um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the food. We're the only so, Korean barbecue restaurant in Miami Beach. Oh yeah. yeah awesome. We're the only one, and it's, it's not authentic. It's, it's authentic, but it has infusion. Our chefs are, are from Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And in Guatemala, and they and they uh, infuse some Latin ingredients in there, oh. and, 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 made, and twisted with the Asian cuisine. That must be it. Yeah. Um, so we're like the wow factor. We get our whole concept of the wow. Like from the outside, this place looks like nothing. It looks like a massage parlor. Yeah. Like, yeah, rubber tongue. And you. <laughs> <laughs> and you walk in there, and it's a beautiful place. The wow it factor. It is beautiful. And we, and we didn't. We, we didn't have the dragon, that dragon sign put until like year four. Four years. Yeah, we didn't the, have a... We, yeah, because do, you, do you ever get like cops showing up expecting to like bust a rub and tug parlor? And <laughs> I mean... Like, oh, wait, I guess we'll stay from here. It's more of like when you see people walk up, they're like... like we, at the very beginning, we just have a market sign up. We left the old bodega sign up. Yeah. And mm. we see people pull up in like Range Rovers, Lamborghinis, and the, and the wife is like, there's no way I'm going in there. You can't get <laughs> me. And the husband's like, trust me, trust me, trust me, please just go in there. And once the door opens and they come in and see it, they were like, whoa. But coming for you next to a Domino's and a Subway and you're on a I, all blackout windows. I so. love that concept where you look and it looks like nothing and then yeah. you go in and it's... But how do you get the word out? I mean, it, it actually, word of mouth took off on its own. Yeah? We, we, we did zero marketing at the beginning and it was... it was we were, And the road was out front. Alton Road was being rented, was being redone. It was uh-huh. like Baghdad out front. And we couldn't. We were a two-hour wait for the first two years. Wow! But that goes back to when we had a conversation earlier about promoters. We were promoters 15, 20 years ago, so we used that same element now in ownership to bring people to our. Did you go to? Did you like fax the modeling agency? Email and text. (laughs) (laughs) Now email and text and phone. And you still have your list of of contacts, and you're like, hey. Still have a Rolodex, yes. (laughs) Hey George. Yeah, we still have a Rolodex. Gets bigger and bigger, so we all have our own Rolodex, our own contact. And is it physical Rolodex? Well, I mean, if you hit the few key people, it spreads uh-huh. like wildfire. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we've been here 25, 30 years, so. We're staples on the yeah. beach. Yeah. And like, 
our bar next door is more of a speakeasy. And then this re- we opened a restaurant. We're like, how do we keep that shtick, make it a speakeasy? And that's where we tinted the windows. And it said, before it was a market, it said market on it. Uh-huh. We left that sign for three years, so it was word of mouth. So we kept that shtick, and people loved that. It worked. Yeah, yeah. that's that's great. Yeah. Um, all right, so if we want to come to any of your places, we can come to Drunken Dragon. Yeah. Racket and Winwood. Racket and, and Winwood. And then in Little Havana, we have a tiki bar called Casa Tiki. Okay. And then we're gonna right now. Foxhole's temporarily closed after a decade of being open. We shut down, and now we're gonna have Foxhole 2.0. Did you shut down for COVID? <laughs> now we're gonna renovate it, upgrade. Oh, okay. It's a decade old, so it's time for a little facelift, you know. Oh, nice. Foxhole so 2.0. That, that'll be coming when is soon. That? Coming soon. Foxhole coming soon. 2.0. <laughs> 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 This is great. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank I'm you. Gonna thank you for end the episode. It was really great to meet you. This well, was so far the craziest recording I've ever done. <laughs> thank you for having us. <laughs> Sorry we couldn't follow up Shelly's routine, but stick. But we, we, we managed. And um, I'm Charlene Wellington, and this is. I'm Navin Chitani. And oh, Conrad Gomez. And this has been I Know the Owner. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye.